Welcome to PantherCast, the official podcast of TMI Episcopal, where we share stories from our alumni, updates about the school, and help you reconnect and discover what the TMI community is all about. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another PadreCast episode of the TMI PantherCast podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Director of Community Relations. And joining me today for PadreCast number six is your TMI headmaster, Father Scott Brown. Welcome back, Father Scott. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you again for having me. Well, last PadreCast, we went in-depth talking about the institutional educational philosophy for TMI and how incredible that the very next day after doing that, you snapped a picture at the football game that was literally an all-encompassing snapshot of TMI. Would you mind sharing what that was and why it was such a powerful moment? Of course. The um, Corps of Cadets had their color guard march out, which uh, anytime the Corps of Cadets marches out, it encompasses all that is great about TMI in so many ways, the leadership, the, the student participation. So out comes the Corps. Um, and the, the students that were representing the Corps that night were such a great, diverse picture of who we are as a community. Um, some of those students I know are taking um, so many AP classes and, and um, really literally diving deep into the TMI experience. And others, are, um, others may not be the best in the classroom, but have so much else to offer us in other aspects of our community. And so there was just this diverse picture of TMI at its best, a reminder, as you said, of that institutional philosophy, which is all about balance and the reminder that we can be a school that has high academic standards while still um, meeting the student where they are, investing in the student, regardless of who that student is, treating that student with respect and dignity and helping them reach their full potential. So it was this beautiful, diverse group of students participating in this um, oh-so-beautiful moment of presenting our colors. And then in the front of those um, cadets was one of our boarding students, one of our residential life students, a young girl by the name of Shirley, who is in her second year here at TMI, who steps out and belts out the national anthem. I met Shirley uh, many years ago in Haiti. I, um, my wife and I finished our adoption process for our beautiful daughter, um, took us a long time to get Angela home to us, and in the process of um, working on my adoption for my daughter in Haiti, I met Shirley um, one day there. Shirley was scheduled to go to Tennessee to attend high school. She had already had her um, academic uh, acceptance to the Tennessee high school lined up. She was lined up and ready to go there, had her visa all in order, and something fell through at the last minute, and it was literally July, and she couldn't attend the school in Tennessee. And I had just been named headmaster here in March of that year and said, you know what, we have a spot for you. And Shirley, on the, um, uh, on the you know, snap of a finger, Shirley was on a plane moving to San Antonio, lives in our dorms, is doing exceptional. So we have this beautiful Haitian child um, who fell upon TMI serendipitously and is now um, singing the national anthem on a Friday night um, in front of our community, surrounded by her peers, um, our Corps of Cadets. It just was it just was a beautiful picture of the inclusive, diverse um, community that we are helping each student develop their full potential. And we did that in that one picture so beautifully. That was a wonderful, what a wonderful moment and just truly a great snapshot of who we are. 
Well, we're just coming off another pretty big week here at TMI. We just wrapped up a flurry of activities with homecoming this past weekend. Is there anything you want to share about that? You know, the weather was supposed to be terrible all week. We haven't, feels like it's been raining for the entire school year, but um, the projection was heavy rains during the football game, the weather. So we moved a lot of events inside, a lot of the alumni events we moved inside to um, because of the weather, and then it ended up not raining. It was a perfect night for football. It was cool. Um, having everybody in the refectory for the alumni Hall of Fame induction and the alumni barbecue was actually great. The energy was wonderful. So many alums back on campus. I always tell alums, alums when I see them back on campus, I always say, welcome home. And, and I mean that when I say that because truly I want TMI to feel like our students' home um, long after they've left our community and when they come back that they feel like they're walking back into their home. And so it was just a wonderful, wonderful weekend of a really week of celebrating 125 years of this community. How did the our Panthers do on the football field? So the the best part of it all is that the Panthers rolled the Brooks Academy. Um, I believe they were a cat as well. They might have been <laughs> the Wildcats, or, but Brooks Academy, 48 to seven, a mm-hmm. wonderful night of football. Um, of course, Friday nights under the lights are wonderful. Um, in addition to the football team shining, we had alumni that came out and flipped the coin, ceremonial um, flip of the coin. We had alumna Jessica Leibowitz, class of 2000, belt out the national anthem. Oh, my gosh, I had chills listening to her. Uh, the Corps cadets formed the number 125, celebrating our 125th year. Uh, Alan Roop, who's also an alum, class of 1980, took the lead that week, which he always does, organizing school carnival and buff puff game and dress days and student council activities and the homecoming dance. And he's always um, cheerful about it, flexible about it, loves doing it. Of course, TMI's advancement office under the direction of Ryan Conan and uh, Valerie, Belinda, Emily, Paula, they hosted so many events. I saw them um, running around all week. Just a wonderful, wonderful event. celebration of 125 years and then of course coach Q Amanda Quiroga our varsity cheer coach she puts on all of the pep rally events and um, gets our cheerleaders fired up and they do a wonderful job as well so a fun 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 week Um, every week at TMI is exciting Mm -hmm. and busy and um, this one was no different this one just had a heck of a lot more fun sprinkled in it was definitely a whirlwind last week. it was but it was great (laughs) it was Well, there's no rest for our faculty and students as the school year keeps going on. Since we had such broad topics last Padre cast, this week I want us to zoom in our focus and talk about and highlight some of the really amazing and unique things that our faculty are doing right in their classrooms right now. So jumping right into science, our upper school biology classes were able to make use just this past week of the new microscopes that were actually purchased over the summer for the science department. So tell me a little bit about what our students are doing with those and what makes these new microscopes so noteworthy. Sure, the, the previous microscopes that we had for our students were about 12 years old, which is about the life cycle for a microscope. And so we were ready for new microscopes and department chair Rob Friedrich, who was on a previous podcast and did a wonderful job. He's so passionate. He's, we're so blessed to have Rob leading the science department and being on team TMI for as long as he has been. So Rob came and 
brought the um, proposal for new microscopes, and he really wanted, because TMI um, has such bright students, has such great science offerings, he wanted to really get some high-quality microscopes that would essentially be equivalent to what a student would find in their um, later years of college. And so the microscopes we have are amazing. Um, last week, his students had the first opportunity to, to use these new digital microscopes. His honors biology students did their first uh, microorganism lab. They were literally looking at single cell organisms and then had some fun with their mic microscopes looking at human cheek cells and feathers. And what makes these new microscopes so cool is that they have this built-in digital camera and it can be tethered directly to their laptop. So it allows the students uh, looking into the microscope and another person monitoring on the laptop to see what's on the slide at the same exact time. Remember the days of it's like, it's my turn. I want to see. I want to see. <laughs> well, no longer does uh, do we have to do that. Technology has um, advanced. <laughs> students can instantly capture those images and videos. And then the microscope have both uh, high quality optics, high precision controls for the slide stages and just really give students the chance to not only get a better view, but share what they're seeing and then take the image and measure the image, find out the size of things. And students can then work with that image and, and work with the data. Really, really cool stuff happening in the science department. It's pretty neat. What an amazing tool for our students to have in the science classes. Let's shift gears and talk about some really creative things that are going on in the religious studies department. So Dr. Brian Laporte has some out-of-the-ordinary activities going on in his classes right now, and I believe this is his second year where he's brought a Lego competition into his classrooms. So tell me a little bit about these Lego projects that his students are working on. Yeah, first of all, who doesn't love playing with Legos? <laughs> um, we have a huge bucket of Legos in our playroom, and it feels like if, even if uh, students come over or kids come over or my children's friends come over, adults come over. There's just something fun about playing with Legos. Let's just admit that. Little did you know you were doing homework That's with Legos. Right. So. That's exactly right. So yeah, you're right. Last year, Dr. Laporte was started a Lego project with his New Testament and his Old Testament classes. He did this as a way to give the students a better understanding and visualization of the temples. Um, how does the story unfold? Um, they get to see it. They get to see it right before their own eyes. Um, last week, the students uh, reached the part in the New Testament that's just before the Passion Week where Jesus is um, tried and eventually um, killed. Uh, the events leading up to the Passion Week uh, for, focus around the temple. Um, he spends a lot of time in that Passion Week in the temple. And so the students were able to build the temple using Legos after having studied it, learned about it, seen the significance of the temple in Jesus's day, now let's build it and make representation out of it. And by creating 3D visuals, the students really can understand the structure of the story much better. And it's a fun way for students to compete a little bit. And then faculty come in at the end and vote on who has the best temple. Um, this is the third semester building the Lego temples, and Brian's been able to incorporate some really cool elements that so, so that the biblical story is not just heard but seen, and then the students get to build it. Truly a unique way of really seeing and understanding the lesson. And speaking of engaging in things in the classroom, Dr. Brian Laporte, he also has a new religious studies class that we're going to begin next semester. And I'm not sure how many people have heard about this or not, but for those who didn't know, why don't you introduce what it is and give a little overview of this new course, which is religion in the United States. 
We are so lucky to have Dr. Laporte here. He is, not only is he one of the smartest people I've ever visited with, he is a f genuinely funny guy and a great human being. And so we're blessed to have uh, Brian in the religion department uh, helping Father Nate and those, uh, and all of our, um, all of our teachers really deliver classes that are both um, deep and practical. And so this is an example of one of those classes, the religion in the United States class. It's an advanced level class. It'll be a seminar, seminar style. So students will be doing a lot of conversation, a lot of listening, learning how to listen, which is oh so important. And they'll be focusing on how different religions have coexisted in the United States for a very long time. We picture this class being quite small, maybe 10 to 15 students at the most, a little bit of history, a little bit of case study, really centered around the question of what is, what is religious liberty? And what does it mean to be religious in the United States today? It'll have a heavy component of critical thinking, which is always great to develop critical thinking skills in our students. Those are the type of skills that students need long after they leave a classroom, whenever their college days are over, to be able to think critically. And this course will give students the opportunity to enhance that critical thinking, as well as focus on ideas and situations that are much more contemporary and part of today's news. There was a, a theologian, Karl Barth, who once said that um, we should really uh, tell the story of the gospel with the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other <laughs> and really take the, the, the living word of God and, and help it find roots in today's world. And I feel like this course that Brian is bringing to us will do that. It'll help us bring um, what it means to be a, a religious community into today's um, culture and climate. And what a great conversation to have in a school that raises servant leaders. Students will have a core project, they'll select a community in San Antonio, whether that's a local church or a synagogue, and have a little small history of how that community came to be and what it's like to be that community, that religious community in the U.S. today. What a great class that's going to be. That's one that I'm really looking forward to popping into next semester and seeing how it's going. Sure, I think it really raises up our Episcopal identity, and what I mean by that is being an Episcopal community means that um, we don't apologize for being a faith-based school, we don't apologize for having values based on the teachings of Jesus, and yet we also want to be inclusive to a variety of religious traditions, and this course will look at a variety of religious traditions and really study and learn how they um, existed in the United States for, for a very long time, um, and I think it's true just continues to raise up who we are as an Episcopal community. That it does. Well, there are a lot of exciting things happening in the classrooms at TMI right now, and I know we could talk a lot more about all the other departments that we have. The Fine Arts Department is actually preparing for an upcoming fall play, Our, ta our Town, and the Corps is actually leading five Cyber Patriot teams this year right now. They just finished up a practice week last week, and they're getting ready for the first two rounds of their competitions. But I think we'll be here all day if we keep talking about every department, so I think we're going to have to save some of those stories for our next Padre cast. Great. Sounds wonderful. Well, this Sunday we have our annual fall admissions open house, and it's going to be different from what we've done in the past. So tell me what we have in store for this Sunday. Sure. This Sunday, uh, October 28th from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m., this is our annual open house for admissions for the 1920 school year. Our admissions office, led by Aaron Hawkins, Alana Nichols, Zandra Cook, 
uh, Grace Macias. They do a great job. As soon as the school year starts, they immediately turn their focus towards um, building the next class for the, the next school year. And so we do that through this. One of the ways we do that is through the open house that comes up um, in, on this Sunday, October 28th. We'll have over 250 people here. We'll have probably close to 300 people here who will come and walk our campus, see what it's like to um, be a part of the TMI community. And what we're going to do this year is we're going to encourage our families to really spread the word, extend invitations to friends. We find every year that the number one way families find their way into TMI is word of mouth. We can spend our resources um, in a variety of ways getting the story of TMI out, but nothing beats the personal invitation of a, of a family member or a friend. So if you're listening, you're a TMI family, you know somebody, you got to know. think of somebody that you know who would benefit from the TMI experience, who would be a great fit for TMI, and tell them or bring them to the open house on October 28th. The new format's going to be pretty cool because um, in the past you stayed together as either if you were looking at middle school or you upper school, uh, we kind of divided the two and, and we brought speakers to you and you heard from a variety of voices. This year, uh, those who are attending will have a choice. They can choose between a variety of um, workshops to go to. They can either come listen to uh, the head of school, which would be me, along with um, some curriculum conversation about who we are as a school, a little bit more about our academic offerings, our institutional philosophy, etc. You can also visit the athletics, the Corps of Cadets, fine arts, learn a little bit more about innovation and design, what we're doing with some of our new courses in robotics, etc. And then also a TMI activities fair where you can uh, literally walk around and see various student clubs, travel opportunities, outdoor ed programs, see a snapshot of everything at TMI. So there will be six various uh, workshops and you uh, attendants will choose between uh, in four sessions. They'll go uh, to four of those six and they'll get to decide what's most important to them so that they can really get an in-depth uh, look at the places on TMI's campus that they want to learn more about. It's going to be a great program. Once again, it will start at 2 p.m., that's this Sunday, and it'll open up with just a short introduction, and it'll jump right into those sessions. So families are welcome to spread the word and RSVP on the link on our homepage. So just a couple of quick calendar things to mention for this week. Tonight and tomorrow, we actually have our parent advisor conferences. And what that means is that there is no school for students on Friday, October 26th. It's a student holiday. And then on Monday, October 29th, we're having a half day of school for students so that our faculty can have an afternoon of professional development. So just a reminder that students, all students will need to be picked up at noon on Monday. And we really want to view this as an opportunity for us to invest back in our faculty. So giving them the day on Friday to spend time with you parents and, and the advisories is so important. And then Monday, professional development is critical to us being um, a community of lifelong learning. We want to model that on our own and with our faculty. So um, I hope that our students enjoy a, a Friday off <laughs> and a Monday afternoon off but our faculty will be uh, working both helping to meet with student, uh, meet with parents in the advisory, which is um, critical to our relationship that we value so deeply with our parents and, and our students, and then on Monday, um, modeling lifelong learning through professional development. So kudos to our faculty who have just come off a homecoming week, just come off mm -hmm. a end of the first quarter, 
right into advisory um, conferences and then professional development. So um, our faculty continue to be the heartbeat of this campus and um, deliver uh, uh, deliver every day just in, in body, mind, and spirit. We're just so blessed to have them. They do. They're pretty amazing. They just go, 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 and go. <laughs> That's right. Well, in about a week and a half on Tuesday, November 6th, the Family Association will be having their next general meeting that is open to all TMI parents. And they have a really special guest speaker coming in for that meeting. So tell me, Father Scott, what it is that they are doing. Sure. The Family Association has invited a speaker from Ransomed Life. Ransomed Life is coming to talk about human trafficking. So Ransom Life is located here in San Antonio. It believes in the importance of awareness in the fight against trafficking. They help educate schools and churches and businesses and other community organizations all across San Antonio. They really work to teach and equip children and parents to be able to recognize tricks and traps and lures of traffickers today. Again, a practical conversation. Unfortunately, the, unfortunate that this is the conversation we have to have with our families today, but uh, an extension of our efforts to meet students and families where they are today and help, help uh, make sure that we are a community that is always looking out for others. Yes, and I know they're very excited to be bringing this program here. Uh, great awareness, and as, as a reminder, it's open to all parents, and parents are welcome to come a little bit early so they can show up around 8.45 for some coffee and time to socialize, and then the meeting will start right at 9 a.m., as we wrap up another Padre cast, tell me, Father Scott, what was the highlight of the last couple of weeks for you? Um, it's, it was homecoming for me. I mean, the, the one snapshot of homecoming that was the highlight for me was, um, it was watching the alumni. I mean, at the football game and at the barbecue, seeing class of 1968, um, class of 1988, a lot of reunion classes all here together laughing, telling stories. Um, that was really a highlight for me, a reminder of how blessed we are to be a part of a community that's 125 years old, have has been delivering um, servant leaders into the world for 125 years and seeing groups come together, reconnect, just like they haven't, like they never left each other, you know. I, I walk around on a daily basis and see our students clumped up with their buddies laughing and telling stories and then to think, that, that our students today will be back here in 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now for their reunions and 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 still be laughing and telling stories and remembering. That, that was just really a deep reminder for me of the legacy of TMI and how blessed I am to be a part of it. I hear it time and time again that the friendships is probably the first thing, the biggest thing that people remember about their time here at TMI. Right, sure. It's that community. It goes all the way back. <laughs> it does. We belong to each other means more than this decade. Always. Well, what words of wisdom do you want to leave us with this episode? You know, building off of that idea of homecoming and the alumni, I, I was thinking this week when the alumni were here that 125 years ago, Bishop James Steptoe Johnston created this school. Um, at that point, he was the bishop of the diocese of 110,000 square miles, stretched from El Paso to Laredo to Brownsville, um, to almost to Austin. I mean, almost half of the state of Texas, 110,000 square miles. And here he is, and he says to himself, we need a school in this area that's going to be Christ-centered, that's going to give a high academic delivery, and that's going to be character-driven. And so 
Bishop Johnston creates TMI 125 years ago. And I'm so proud that what makes us TMI today is not a building, is not a name. It's those core values that we are still Christ-centered. We still have high academic integrity and standards, and we're character-driven. And so as I think about um, words of wisdom, I just remind us all that um, that TMI, what makes TMI TMI is that we're committed to some core values that are truly uh, life-changing. And Bishop Johnson recognized the need for those 125 years ago and the need for Christ-centered, great academics and character-driven communities is as strong today as it was then. And I think what we do every day at this place would truly make Bishop Johnson proud. I agree. Our values definitely stand the test of time. Finally, our get to know the headmaster question to close out this episode. So community, as we just said, is probably the word that we all now think of when we think of TMI, but let's focus even smaller, the smaller community of family. What is your favorite thing to do when you finally get a chance to relax and spend some quality time with your family? Well, my family has a 15-year-old boy, a 13-year-old boy, and an <laughs> 8-year-old girl. And so when when the children were younger, we did lots of, uh, we had a lot of things we did together, whether that was travel or um, go for bike rides, hang out. We had a beautiful neighborhood where the kids grew up. As kids get older, they're, they're so different. My children are so different. And so finding something that all three of them and my wife and I like to do together is getting harder and harder. <laughs> and so... Um, there's various activities with various children. My son Christopher and I are huge sports fans, so we try to um, go to some sporting events whenever possible. We travel a lot together. Um, there are a few things we like to do as a family, a few shows we watch, um, rarely during the week, but catch up on them on the weekend. I'll tell you that our favorite show right now is Manifest. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen it. It's brand new. <laughs> it's pretty great. And, of course, This Is Us. I'm a, I'm a softie at heart. So if you haven't seen This Is Us, that's a Brown family tradition is to watch that show. Um, but for the most part, we just hang out, um, like to go out to eat, um, like to be together as a family, a lot of board games, stuff that uh, uh, old family traditions, um, just being together and um, in the house is great. And finding that time is so important. I'm sure a lot of our families can relate to that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And if our listeners would like to submit a fun get-to-know-you question for Father Scott or would just like to share your feedback and comments about our PadreCast episodes, email us at PadreCast at TMI-SA.org. Well, Father Scott, thank you so much for joining me for another PadreCast episode. Thank you, Stephanie, for having me. Go Panthers. Be sure to listen this Sunday as we bring you this past week's Senior Chapel Talks by Kelly Housley and Lydia Saucedo. And join me again next Thursday for an interview with David McGill, TMI class of 1972, who will be sharing his passion for film and giving us a look inside the life of a Steadicam operator in the film industry. Thank you for listening to TMI's PantherCast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback and show ideas, so leave us a comment, email, or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter using at TMI Episcopal. For more news, ways to connect, and to learn about upcoming events on campus, visit our website at www.tmi-sa.org.